0: Good morning, I have the privilege this morning to introduce our missionary speakers, Um, but before I do that, I just want to say how privileged, just blessed this church is to have a pastor staff that supports missions, it gives us a vision of what God is doing around this world, because as you know, God doesn't just live in Centralia, he is in every tribe and nation. So um, Tim and Carla Duell were here four and a half years ago, and one of the special things about them is they're from our district. Their home church is Puyallup, um, and I'm going to let them share about what's happened the last four and a half years with us, um, but we are truly blessed to have you and excited to hear what God has to say through you.
1: Thank you.
2: <laughs> we're home. Uh, Shelley Wagner emailed us that we were coming here, and we were just our hearts just leapt for joy. This is our home. And you were one of the first churches that we ever spoke at four years ago. So your faces and smiles have been in our hearts ever since. And we're just so happy to be here. So thank you for having us again.
1: So I'm going to pray in a moment, but um, you can kind of tell by listening to Carla's voice and maybe mine. Um, So we've been home just some days. We got home Tuesday afternoon. Um, Just before that, we left Papua New Guinea. And the next day, Well, seven hours later, we were in Tokyo, Japan, where our oldest daughter and her husband live. The next, we were there for a few days, and then we climbed Mount Fuji, and that was kind of a mountaintop experience. It was a beautiful sunrise. But what I was going to say was, you know, you guys drew the short straw, sort of, because uh, this is is our first home worship service, and so if this was at our church and we were in front of the church, I wouldn't make it through it at all. I'm kind of holding it together now, but if we end up in melted puddles on the floor, just give us some grace and realize that we're doing our best, and it is kind of emotional to be back home, Um, and what Carlos said about this church is true. Um, I'll say something about that later, but I'm just asking you to pray for us as we speak because it's, uh, (laughs) we're new Americans today, so it's an emotional thing for us. So, just join with me as we pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we, Carl and I, thank you for the opportunity to um, just talk a little bit about um, our part in um, overseas missions, Lord. We thank you for that opportunity. We sincerely pray that uh, anything we say may not be our words but yours, Lord, and um, interpret for us. Just... in these hearts of these people here that we are speaking with, not all strangers, Lord, and uh, you know we feel comfortable here. So thank you for your grace and your love and your forgiveness. Um, Just help us as we speak and help this church as it goes forth in this community. Amen.
2: So uh, just a little bit about us and a short intro, Uh, Tim had a 30-year career as a lineman And um, I was a lab technician for 25 years, and then he retired, and we were still 50. But uh, God had been calling us for more than a decade, and so we knew the next step would be um, missions, and God literally told Tim we would be invited, (laughs) and that's exactly what happened. Um, But the funny part was is that we thought we were going to go to Fiji, and then our boss, (laughs) Uh, Harmon and Cindy Smelzenbaugh said, no, we need you in Papua New Guinea in the highlands. And, um, there's, you know, a huge story about that (coughs) because we love seafood. And, um, (laughs) Tim has a boat captain's license, you know, and then we we go to Papua New Guinea and we're an hour up into the highlands by jet. So there's no ocean around, you know, it's an 11 hour drive to the ocean, um, but God knows, and he is good. And, um, you know, I just want to say that those people there are such godly, loving, wonderful people. The mission started there in the 1950s with uh, Sydney and Wanda Knox, and um, it continues. And it's just an amazing work that God is doing there. We have two daughters. Tim mentioned the one that uh, a daughter that's married and lives in Tokyo. And she teaches Montessori at the International Tokyo School. And uh, our other daughter's a nurse down in Fresno, California, a pediatric oncology nurse. And then her husband's a pastor, a reverend at a Baptist church. And um, I think this church may have prayed, we asked four years ago, we were asking churches to pray that we could be grandparents. And well, anyways, now we have twin granddaughters. Thanks for praying. Oh, my gosh. And they're just, of course, they're the most beautiful kids in the world. You know, (laughs) Melody and Cameron, and they're just characters, as you can imagine. But, um, yeah, so that's just a little bit about us. Uh, The scripture I wanted to introduce, and that we'll we'll be using a couple different of them, but um, you guys all know Young Life? You familiar with the organization Young Life? Good. Years ago, I was talking to one of the administrative teachers for Young Life, and he said, yeah, this is the scripture that I use when we we talk about teaching. We talk about um, giving over ministry from, you know, from handing over and raising up and teaching, and he said, the way that you can remember to find this is tuti tutu. I was just like, what? (laughs) Tuti tutu, he said. A grown man was saying 2T22, okay, to me, and I was just like, okay, what is that? Second Timothy 2.2, 2T22, two. okay, I've never forgotten it, and it's really simple, and the things you have heard me say, remember, this is Paul talking to Timothy, <sighs> the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable men and we know that word means men and women, who will also be qualified to teach others, okay? So it's really simple. And this is exactly what has happened in Papua New Guinea in the highlands. And we want you to know it is not just a small work there. Just as you in Centralia have refreshed Tim and I this morning with who you are as a church We've already been refreshed, and all we've done is sit here, you know, through the worship service. You refresh this area. You refresh I-5 corridor. Well, that is exactly how the Holy Spirit works. He refreshes his people. It can start out small. It started out with two missionaries in Papua New Guinea, and it, but it can grow big. And now his people in Papua New Guinea are being elected to government positions, holding governmental positions, Nazarenes, in just three generations, sometimes two, but the Holy Spirit refreshing you and me. That's his work, and he is doing it there.
1: Okay, I think the sound guys have a little video to watch. Some of you will maybe even remember it, and so I hope you enjoy it, even if you've seen it. Well, that video's got some years on it because some of those kids are a lot older now. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, last time we were here, we, we talked in depth about, you know, I talked about the old-timers and the mission book and how foundations were laid by missions work previously. And I still carry this around and will because I just, I still, I, you know, the name of this book was called The Edge of Nowhere and, well, you know, four years have gone by since we we're here and I know that because... If you ever think that you're... uh, Is it worth printing your uh, things? (laughs) Whatever this is, Bolton. Somehow or other, this found... I have an eclectic collection of stuff in my Bible. I have a napkin from my daughter's wedding. I have letters from my daughter's... Usually important things, but this is from your church. And so I know that I was here in 2014 because randomly this is in my Bible. And I know why it's in my Bible, because it marks... You know, the table of weights and measures. So who knows how much a PEM is or a GERA or perhaps a hand-breadth. I, You know, I'm not. Pastor probably does. I don't. <laughs> anyway, that has lived there for four years, and it keeps me company. So I haven't actually forgot about you guys. Yeah. I think about you. Plus, it's got a great picture of Carl and I in it. So <laughs> that may be why I kept it. I don't know. Anyways, um, you know... I had talked last time I was here really in depth about how Daryl Schindel and his wife, you know, they got together some people, some nationals, and they were looking for a place to build a runway so they expand the ministry and so on and so forth. Well, that runway is still being used, and I talked about how remote it is and, you know, how long it took to build, and they started with nine people and ended with 199, and they used rice and tuna fish to pay the people, which at that time was fine, and, uh, we were telling this story in uh, Bakersfield, California, and afterwards, a guy comes up to me and says, Hey, I am an earth mover. That's what I do. You're talking about moving a million cubic yards of dirt by hand. I said, That's right. So it's still true. Anyway, what I wanted to do was, time has passed, four years, is talk about, uh, you know, we didn't just, like, go back and take a nap the whole time, so stuff's been happening. And... Uh, <laughs> I wanted to talk about another guy. I love to talk about other people. Um, the other guy that I want to talk about that has been in, we have been involved in this ministry together, his name is Penny Fakawa, um, a brother in Christ, a friend, <laughs> a man I love. Um, and we fight diligently because he's South Pacific Islander, Samoan, and I'm... Starbucks-fueled American. So, sometimes we don't understand each other, but we minister together. So, um, I was just going to say that, uh, you know, I'm going to skip past all of the foundational stuff and just go right on to what's been kind of the happening here and now kind of last four years. Um, Over the last five years, so when I spoke to you last, I probably would have told you about this, and I know I did, but... um, We have pastors, Penny is an educator by trade. Um, Before he became a missionary, he was an educator. And so he has the ability, because he's a Pacific Islander, to communicate in a way that none of us, none of the rest of the expat missionaries can do it. Um, The people love him. And so over the time, over the last five years, Um, This year, we've had the uh, opportunity to graduate, um, really the first graduating class from the Extension Bible School, which happens around the world. But Extension Bible School allows people that live in remote areas to uh, learn the gospel, um, learn the Book of Discipline, learn Wesleyan theology, learn what we Nazarenes are all about. And after all, if you've got pastors that are... um, preaching the gospel, and they've got Nazarene sort of written on the door in some way or another, it'd be nice if we were consistent. So what we've done over the last five years is that, uh, actually, Penny's the educator. I'm using we loosely because we're a team, and I support him in ways that allow him to do his ministry, and I'll talk about my stuff a little bit later, but right now I want to talk about him because he's a Nazarene, and he comes from Samoa, and he's a missionary. And uh, he started this... uh, EBS up at the middle Coban Valley at Dusan. and we've got guys and women that walk in, and, well, when the guys and women walk in, they bring their families, so, you know, everybody walks in with Mom and Dad. And uh, the furthest that anybody walks is uh, about four days. So if you can imagine uh, walking in four days, and last time we were here, um, Penny and I would go into. we would fly into Dusan to this remote strip that's, you know, I don't know if I told you but it was an uphill thing that starts in a cliff and ends in a mountain it's 1400 feet long and it's grass and mud and slippery sometimes right i pray a lot when we're landing I pray more when we're taking off because there's that drop-off thing um and so these people come in because they want to learn how better to preach how better to understand our theology how better to represent god's word in a, in a nazarene world Because actually we find that um, it matters. People figure out that holiness is part of what we believe. And so holiness, Wesleyan theology, is being taught at a level that the pastors can understand. And so after five years of training, we had a first graduating class of 52. (laughs) It was great. 52 people, 52 pastors. And so... um, I mean, this is a really remote place, guys, so it takes me 21 minutes to fly. Um, it takes them three days to walk, and that's like this PNG and in the mountains is really steep, um, really erosiony, really muddy, really rough. So these guys, you know, to get, I mean, I said three days to get where I live, so for me to get where we're meeting would take me probably six days to walk because I'm old, but they can do it in three days. So this class of 52 represents you guys in another part of the world. And on the front of this book, it says The Edge of Nowhere, but it also says Reaching the Remote Koban People of Papua New Guinea. Well, that's cool because Daryl Schindahl, this was a long time ago, mid-60s, and uh, that's still going on today. But now we have a situation where the nationals have come to the point where they're actually reaching their own people christ which is pretty cool yeah
2: all right i'm going to tag on to that that uh, part of what i get to do is go up i've been up to uh, middle ramu Dusan is where this uh, mission house is and i've been able to teach pastors some of the things uh, reports things that the general headquarters really needs from district superintendents but as you know as a local church the report has to come correct from the local church to the district, to the headquarters. And so that's part of my privilege of getting to teach pastors and, and uh, minister to pastors. And so I do sometimes get to fly around and go to different places also, and it's really, really fun. Um, <clears throat> uh, you know, I can't say it enough. These people love God so much. They are such godly, loving People And it's just a joy to minister to, with them and to teach them. And uh, they are so smart, and they're so loving. And they just really, really, really appreciate the beginning works of the Nazarene Church with the missionaries that you sent. The Church of the Nazarene in America was able to send around the world. And now we, we do that on a regular basis. So anybody that gives to missions is participating i don't know if you remember the video we just showed but those children that you saw at the very end they are your children just because you give to missions anything that the nazarene church touches you are a part of that you pray and you give and some of you go and that's what we do Um, i have some pictures that i'm going to talk about just six So if we could have the first one. I wanted to read um, one more time that tutti Tutu to everybody. What did I do with it? There it is. Okay. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust of reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. All right. The lady in the front here. Her name is Marilyn Wutzik. Her family, her mom and dad, were part of the first people that ministered to Sydney and Wanda Knox back in the 1950s at Kuchip. She later uh, was picked out by the missions director in the 60s, 70s, Wallace White, Mona and Wallace White, and she was asked to live with them. After that happened, she got Experience moving to a new place with the Wallaces, and learning how to plant churches, start Sunday schools, start women's ministries. Marilyn Wutzik, the lady in the in the red and the black stripe, right there, she was able to. When when the Wallaces left Papua New Guinea to go to be the first missionaries in the Solomon Islands, <laughs> they said Marilyn. We have to leave you here. She was an adult by then. And her first job was at the American Embassy as a secretary. They had prepared her greatly. She then got a job with ExxonMobil and ended up down in Australia. But God calls. God calls. And she answered the call. She came back to Papua New Guinea, entered into the Melanesia Nazarene Bible College in Papua New Guinea, finished up, and let's see here. Three years ago, graduated, has put in her three years of district licensing, and last November became the first uh, woman, uh, reverend ordained in a brand new district. We have thirteen districts now. An, a brand new ordained minister, Marilyn Wutzik, and she has been picked out by administrative, the Nazarene Church, and she's received extra training. And last this this. Present week, you know, it was over Friday. But she led the first ever district secretary, district superintendent training that they've ever had. Where all of them come together and learn the same thing. 13 districts in Papua New Guinea. And she led it. She, it's like, she refreshes me and I can refresh her. Isn't that what we do for each other through the Holy Spirit? She's just an amazing lady, you guys. I just... Someday in heaven, you'll get to meet her and talk to her. I don't, I'm going to tell her not to tell you. you, know, you can't, she can't tell you any of my stories. She can't tell you anything about me. But anyways, in heaven, she has lots of stories she'll tell you. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> um, so that is Marilyn. And she's just a jewel, you know. And the, the grace of God just lives on her. And I've, I've just thoroughly enjoyed being a part of her life. All right. So she is strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Go ahead and get to the next one. This is a couple that were married about two years ago, but Imelda is the wife there in purple. And you can see that we're congratulating her. She just finished her doctor's uh, degree, and she's a full-fledged doctor now there at the hospital at Kujip. We arrived in Kujip in 2011, February, and she came in 2011, June. Seven years of faithful doctoring, internship at the Kujip Hospital, and she came to the end of it, did her testing, and now she is a full time doctor there. Um, reliable, godly, loves people, but loves God more. And then uh, two years ago, married this wonderful man, a new Christian. His name is Alex, if you'd like to pray for him. Uh, about two, year, two years old in Christianity. Alex, um, and that's her husband. She's a general practitioner doctor. He's actually an eye surgeon and now has come to uh, the Kujit Nazarene Hospital to receive more surgical training in all kinds of surgery. Talk about reliable people that God is entrusting with. See, this work in Papua New Guinea is from the 1950s. We are now either in the third generation or fourth generation of reliable men and women that God has placed in the work there. And these are a couple, a young couple, that you can pray for, Alex and Amelda. Go ahead. Now, these people are dear to my heart. They're from the lab. <clears throat> the director is over on the right, Right now, um, he's just um, you know one man with all these other ladies. <laughs> His name is Andy Muka. He was a nurse. He just exudes confidence in God. He knows um, the things that are important in a hospital. He knows how to minister to people. He knows how to handle employees with with grace and gentleness. But he's such, and he's, and he's such a godly man. His family are godly people. These, the rest of these women um, are just incredible. They, many of them have their own, or their own churches. They and their husband have their own churches. They all belong to the cell group there uh, at Kuchip, And I just love each one of them. They are wonderful. The lady that you can see with the black and purple flowered shirt, Sandra. Um, was also raised by missionaries up north on the Sepik, a very remote area. And her, her and her, her husband, I'm going to point out to you later, but um, I'm, I'm just introducing you to your brothers and sisters in Christ in Papua New Guinea. And they love the Lord, um, and they're just wonderful people. They get so involved. We have um, conferences, women's booms those things you know that we go to and they're they're right in there organizing them attending them and they they just love the lord so much these are qualified and they teach others this is from second timothy two two. qualified people is who you are looking at through the holy spirit one more <clears throat> go ahead thanks all right um The lady in the center there is Pamela West, and she's actually a South African lady who works just to come back and minister in the X-ray department in the hospital. Every time she comes back, there's a new employee, and she has to teach. (laughs) And she doesn't really like to teach, but we love it when she comes back. She refreshes us, but Papua New Guinea Kujip is her home. So she loves being refreshed when she comes back. The man to her, uh, when you're looking at the picture, to her right is Gabriel, a godly, incredible man. He's taken uh, the Extension Bible um, school classes and loves the Lord. And it's his family that have adopted Pamela and brought her into their family. She's a single lady. And they just refresh her. Because he is refreshing her, she's refreshing us. It, this is just how the Holy Spirit works, okay? And it's, it's just so wonderful. His wife, Gabriel's wife, Nora, is one of the administrative secretaries. They recently had a baby boy, and Pamela's last name is West, and they named him West. So that, And then she went home and told her parents. You know, I mean, it's just the Holy Spirit is great. He's creative. He's fun. And he does things like this. He loves relationships with people. All right, and then, I'm sorry, the man on the left, Enoch, is a brand-new employee, and uh, they're teaching him lab and x-ray, but he's actually a preacher with the Salvation Army. What do you think about that? He's such a godly, loving guy. He just had a second son, and I just love that guy. So, anyways, all right. So these are your reliable men and women that come back year after year after year to teach the qualified people. Now, this is the surgery group. They do surgeries with our surgeons every day. Um, <clears throat> the, there's just everybody there has their own story, of course. But the lady in the red hat, Margaret Mugang, has been a surgical nurse for over 33 years now, there at Kujip Hospital. She was Jim, Dr. Jim Radcliffe's surgical nurse, the only surgeon in that Highlands area, for 32 and a half years this is reliable this is talking about strong in the grace of God every single person that works at the hospital have a ministry it seems like and she is actually the missions president for all of Papua New Guinea for the Nazarene Church Margaret Mugang. does she know how to pray yeah she is struggling right now trying to figure out how do we do this for a whole island How do we minister? How do we, we, they have missionaries. Papua New Guinea actually has their own missionaries in Vanuatu. How do we minister to them long distance? How do we refresh them when they come home? These are all the same things that your missionary president does here and keeps people interested in missions because that is who God is, right? Finding the Gentiles and bringing them into right relationship with himself. The uh, lady next to Margaret in the blue on the right, The shortest one there, (laughs) Edna, Edna Wutzik. And um, she's just a brand-new nurse, only graduated about two or three years ago, but immediately came and started working with the youth. Her dreams and aspirations are to be an ICU nurse. They don't have an ICU, you know, intensive care unit at the hospital there. There's a hospital two hours down the road that has two beds of a, you know, the intensive care unit is two beds. So we might have to start out small, but she's determined. If you'd like to pray for her, please do, because she's determined, she's young, and, and God just has a hold of her. She is strong in the grace. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and skip <clears throat> the, next, uh, the next ones there. You know, we just want to say that these people... <clears throat> Are from a planting of the Lord. It came from Cindy, Sydney and Wanda Knox. And how did they do this? They made, they made sure that they gave the ministry to strong people in the grace of God in Jesus Christ. They placed it in reliable men and women's hands, and they also raised them up to be qualified teachers to pass it on to others. And that is what they are doing right now in Papua New Guinea.
1: So I think really the A message that Carla and I would like to leave you with is that missions is pretty cool and we're having fun. But we don't like have a corner on that title. Missions is a call for every Christian. And um, I just wanted to kind of say that the Nazarene Church is alive and well. Fortunately, we're kind of out of the political shotgun blast and media blitz that happens here, Um, but we can tell you that, you know, God is working, and unfortunately, we have, like, hours of stories, but we don't have that much time. (laughs) So, I'm going to tell you a quick one that relates to you guys, and it relates to me. So, I started by saying that we were standing on the top of Mount Fuji not many days ago, and uh, (laughs) when... We were going to do that with our daughter. You know, they're, they're young, they're tough, they work out. So they said, oh, we'll just meet you at midnight. I said, I can't do that. So I looked online, and I just found some online guide. It's great. No big deal. So we go to the bus stop. Um, our daughter takes us to the bus stop in Tokyo and drops us off, and there's a couple of goofy-looking young people there. And this young lady, and she's got some cute little sunglasses with flowers on. So I thought she was about 12. Well, turns out she wasn't. She was 25. And uh, we're getting old. Oh, man. But the reality is, is that there's opportunity for ministry every day, every hour, every place. And um, I would just, you know, share a little story. Um, you know, she was talking, and we were talking about life, and I was talking about what we, what we believe, what I believe. And, um, you know, she revealed to me that she had previously been a nine-year-old boy that committed suicide. That's a confusing statement. But this is a confusing world that we live in. I see that look on your face. So she believed that she had previously in a previous life been a nine-year-old boy that had committed suicide. And so I said, well, you know, what I believe is that I can pray for you. If I never meet you again, I can pray for you. And what beauty in the fact that we come together for corporate worship, but we meet people on the street that are confused, that are without Christ. And you don't have to hop on an airplane and travel two days to do missions work. It's right here. It's down the street. It's at the skate park. It's at Dutch Brothers. And so, I mean, we serve a God that allows this. So we all have the opportunity. We all have the good fortune to be able to share this thing we call Christianity with others so that this confusion can be cut like a knife, so that love can be felt, so that grace can be given. So it's, I know you guys are active in the community, I know that, but I'm just saying, thank God that we do not have a corner on this missions title. Thank the Lord that he allows each one of us to go to work. And I mean, I worked for 30 years as a lineman and that's a rough crowd. So I had a couple of opportunities for ministry in those 30 years. And people would ask from time to time for a little bit of ministry. So I know you guys have those opportunities. So I think I'll just um, pray, and we'll close, and we'll be done. So Lord Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to speak this morning. We thank you that um, you are alive and well. And that uh, you present opportunities to each one of us daily in our workplace, in our travels, on the bus, wherever, Lord. And um, I thank you that I can pray for this young lady that I met that was an outstanding person, Lord, but confused and without you. So we pray for this young girl today, that you will make yourself known in her life, Lord, and that you will dislodge some of these crazy other things that um, are presently on the shelf for her, the stuff that she sees as real, Lord. We thank you for your love, and we thank you for your grace, and we thank you for, for your forgiveness. Amen.
0: Thank you so much. And that last bit is is my favorite part. Um, you know, there's a little strategy behind having missionaries come in and challenge us, and I think always the biggest challenge should really make you nervous. It, it really will poke at your heart because uh, God uses all of us. And he calls people out of the chairs right here to do his work, not only in this area, but he does call some people to go to the remotest parts of the globe. And um, I'm grateful that you answered that call. And, uh, we have been praying for you, uh, and my prayer is that your story would inspire some people, and that through your uh, example and testimony, that he might poke some of us to get up out of our chairs and go share the gospel, whether it's, you know, the scary place over the other side of the railroad tracks or in another part of the world. And so, uh, one of the privileges, not only do we get to pray um, for the missionaries, Tim and Carla, but all, all of the rest of the Nazarene missionaries around the world, we also get to contribute um, to keep the the missions uh, program going in the Church of the Nazarene. And so, uh, I'm going to have the ushers come back and give you a minute or two to uh, prepare, but we... we um, and this church has historically been very generous in um, blessing the missions work around the world. Um, it's been at least the last decade, probably longer, um, that this church uh, each year has, has given 10% or more uh, to the missions work around the world. And so... As we think about uh, budgeting and planning and supporting missions, um, at least in my mind, and I know in much of the leadership here, is we want it to be at least a tithe of what comes into this place that goes out to the support of missions, both globally and and locally. So uh, one of the ways that we do that is when missionaries come and visit, we can directly support uh, their effort. And so today we want to uh, bless Tim and Carla in that way. So as you're preparing, I'd just like to, to pray over their ministry and over this offering. God, thank you uh, for bringing uh, Tim and Carla safely here. I thank you for the last four years that they've had over in Papua New Guinea. Well, Lord, these are special people who were active in their local church and longtime career people getting to the place where a lot of us in this country uh, think about retiring to relaxation and checking out for a little bit and and they got to that place and and you got a hold of their heart and they responded to take these years to go and to serve you in another place and and as they do that as they are here for these few months and when they go back, I pray, I pray that these, these weeks and months at home would, even through a busy schedule of talking about their ministry, I pray that they would be times of rest and relaxation, of reconnection. As Carla talked about being refreshed in the Holy Spirit, Lord, would you refresh their hearts and souls to connect with family and these grandkids and their home church, the other churches on our district. We just ask that you would fill them up with the strength that they need uh, to go back and to continue the work. And Lord, I pray for uh, the people and the, the hearts that they reach in Papua New Guinea. Would they find uh, openness and a thirst and a yearning for something deeper and I pray that as they work in connecting this uh, this yearning for you that, that that they could point people to you. And we thank you for the fruit and the evidence that they've talked about over these last few years of ministry. And as these uh, nationals are coming through this training, oh Lord, I just pray that the harvest that, that you would send your people out into the harvest that's already there. You say the workers are few and the harvest is ready. And I thank you for the work that they're doing. So Lord, as we draw to a close in this worship service, Lord, I just pray that with generous hearts we would bless these people and bless the ministry of the work of the Church of the Nazarene all around the globe. We thank you for these stories to remind us that you call people continually into your work, and that the harvest is there, and what you need is for us to be willing and ready to go. So in these moments, convict us and prepare us for what it is that you would have us to do in our own lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.